John and uh, DJ are on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Let's try to get to a number of topics here. John, I'm going to start with you. A prisoner exchange with Russia when the atrocities are taking place in Ukraine with this former Marine whose health was certainly in question. Considering the circumstances, how surprising is this? It is somewhat surprising. It is certainly welcome for the family and friends and for the nation of this former uh, person who was in uniform, who had been held in Russia. And perhaps it's a flash of a message, a, a brief respite of hope that there still could be a diplomatic channel to tamp down the current conflict and eventually end it. I certainly wouldn't count on it. The direction has been more to ramp it up in eastern Ukraine and certainly with the heavy weaponry that is flowing in from the United States, United Kingdom, France, now Germany, and several other NATO nations. It gives all the appearance of the fight becoming even more intense in eastern Ukraine. But anytime something positive can happen, even in the middle of a war, one should take a, a moment and celebrate it. So it's certainly good news. DJ, with this news... Should anybody look at this, and John alluded to it, and feel just a glimmer of hope about diplomacy taking place? Because I'm not there at all. In fact, I thought it was really notable when the Secretary of Defense, who traveled to Ukraine, went with President Zelensky along with uh, Secretary of State Blinken, talked about, as a part of this, the attempt to weaken Russia. That doesn't, in many ways to me, seem like that is our attempt to get closer to some resolution that is still killing people on a daily basis. Yeah, I share your uneasiness uh, with the situation we're in, so I guess I'll this moment uh, for a glimmer of hope. We certainly seem to be on a path of escalation. Uh, as John alluded, uh, escalation of the of the Russian attack, but also a, a steadily incremental increase in Americans America's involvement here in terms of the the weaponry and the training that we're providing, and as you say, the rhetoric uh, we've had various sparks uh, from the president about war crimes and and genocide and so on, and and now yes, uh, uh, Defense Secretary Austin talking about decimating the Russian military to the yeah. level that they could never threaten, you know, their neighbors again or something to that effect. Uh, you know, you start to wonder what we've often lamented in our military um, projects that we didn't have an off ramp. We didn't have an exit strategy. Uh, and and I mean, I'm increasingly unclear on what our exit strategy is here other than total victory. And that's a pretty big objective uh, when you're up against a nuclear uh, armed power. So I, I'm not, I, I'm uneasy about the path we're on. Let's talk uh, Kevin McCarthy, GJ, you uh, first. He met with uh, fellow House Republicans today. Reports are he received a standing ovation. This is in light of some of the audio which has been released with him and Liz Cheney, him and Steve Scalise. With comments happening at that time, either on January 6th, the days after 
which really don't match up with Kevin McCarthy uh, after it was four or five days after January 6th. DJ, Doug, is this one of these moments where for a few days this is big news? Or does this have any implications on McCarthy and his role leading this party, in particular since I'm sure the three of us all believe the Republicans are going to win the House back uh, in the fall, and McCarthy wants to be the Speaker of the House? Well, he certainly does. And, um, uh, you know, I would I would maybe not go so far as to think it's a it's a sure thing that they take the House. But they're obviously in a very uh, strong position, depending on what happens between now and then. Uh, you know, I would think that McCarthy's uh, various uh, changes of direction and embarrassments would give a lot of Republicans pause as to whether that is the whether he is the strongest leadership that they could have, either continuing in his in his role now or uh, ultimately becoming speaker. But you know, I can't pretend to understand the the thinking that's going on in the various uh, factions within that uh, within caucus. Uh, but I would think that some of the steadier hands and more level heads would would be having grave doubts about it. How about you, John? Those grave doubts that DJ references, unfortunately, seem to be a thing of America's past, where someone who had very specifically been caught lying about such a profound matter and had it recorded on tape would be hindered, if if not completely hobbled, from being able to ascend in the leadership ladder. And here you see him getting a standing ovation by his fellow GOPers in the House. So certainly the question will be asked. It might attract a challenge to his leadership. But if indeed the Democrats do win the House, then, you know, you uh, probably certainly will have a situation where he'll be the speaker. You know, one need just look back, not the not too distant past. You had Jim Wright, who lost his speakership because he sold some extra books for some extra profit in a, in a book deal that had been cooked up in order yeah, to move him right. some money in relative to what happened on January 6th and the speaker's um, lie, subsequent lies about it. Uh, you know, that's nothing, but uh, we're in a very different era right now. Let's pause here. I want to talk about the politics with John and DJ about this uh, Minnesota Human Rights Division and their report of Minneapolis police engaging in racial discrimination. The political side of this report, playing politics with the Star Tribune. We're back in moments on the Home of the Wolves and the Twins, WCCO. John Rash and uh, DJ Tice are with us. I just want to talk about the politics of this with this report. I'll read just the opening graph from your paper, the Star Tribune. The Minneapolis Police Department has engaged in a pattern of racial discrimination in violence of the state's violation of the state's civil rights law over the past decade, enabled by a culture of leadership that doesn't hold problem officers accountable, according to a scathing report published Wednesday morning by the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. John, on the political side of this, with Jacob Fry, with the city council, with a gubernatorial race where Republicans... Uh, have been very pointed at Tim Walls in criticizing him and the role he's had with the lack of safety in Minneapolis. Take me through how this might go at the city and state level. 
I'll quickly add one more sentence in the third paragraph that will give more context to the conversation where it says city and police department leaders have been aware of these practices which undermine Minneapolis's public system, the report found. Quote, yet these leaders have not collectively acted with the urgency, coordination, and intentionality necessary to address racial disparities to improve public safety. So what you have now is absolutely in the city, the fact that they have not acted with alacrity is very apparent. This is over a 10-year process spanning three different mayors, R.T. Ryback, Betsy Hodges, and now Jacob Fry. And Jacob Fry just won re-election. The voters decided to go to a strong mayor system, although we already had near total control more of the police department. And this still has not been sorted out, which will give you know, impetus to those who want to revisit the referendum on creating a Department of Public Safety and dismantling the police department, a lot of added heft, and this could become an issue yet once again, politically, unless the mayor acts decisively in terms of naming a new police chief and really getting to the bottom of this, this is going to tangle up his second term as it did in the first term. And meanwhile, the overarching issue to many Minnesotans, which is the increasingly dangerous environment, that they live in, in the city or around the city, is not being addressed. And that becomes even more of a political issue as we head into the fall's election. So this is a really big story on all accounts. Very clearly, what has been happening cannot be allowed to happen anymore. Some of the instances are quite egregious as referenced in this report. But at the same time, they're going to have to continue to try to do something Because after all, they're down hundreds of officers and are really having a hard time hiring. And this context will probably make it even more difficult. Doug, how about you? Well, it certainly, uh, to that last point, it certainly isn't going to make the recruiting effort any easier uh, for uh, encouraging people to become police officers. Obviously, it's going to tend to harden positions on all sides of the police reform, crime, you know, tough on crime kind of debate. Uh, The politics at the Capitol in the near term uh, trouble me because just earlier this week, the Senate passed a uh, good size public safety bill that had a lot of different elements. It was kind of packaged as tough on crime, but included some uh, funding for alternative programs, some funding for public defenders, and it became a very strong bipartisan vote. It got about half the DFL caucus uh, supported it. And so you started to think it was possible that this legislature might actually do something constructive uh, on the public safety front. They could compromise something out. This That's got to become more difficult a little bit, at least from this uh, in the near term. And the near terms when that's going to be decided, uh, I do think it'll. You know, this issue is going to be very big in the uh, in the fall elections all the way around. I think the the concern of about crime is in the end going to move a lot more votes uh, than are going to be altered uh, because of a, a report like this. And I and I think the challenge for Democrats generally is to is to not be the soft on crime party. I don't think that's going to work well in November. Excellent info from both of you. Thanks so much. Uh, We'll talk again next week.
Thank you. Thank you.